Hey, hey, my friends. Welcome back to the show. Hey, I have to tell you, today was such a blessing to me. It was completely unexpected and unplanned and last minute. So yesterday I was taking a walk on my lunch break and I got a call from a young woman and she said that they were hosting a women's tea at their church and their speaker had a last minute emergency or something and wasn't able to speak. And so she was wondering if I would be willing to be the speaker at their women's tea. And I asked when it was, and she said, well, it's tomorrow. (laughs) And so I thought, well, yeah, okay. This is obviously God talking. So I cannot say no. So I said, sure, absolutely. Thanks for the opportunity. As long as you're willing to show me grace, I'm happy to do it. So I did that today. I was had the opportunity to speak to, I suppose, about 100 women. And of course, I was nervous being the introverted sort of person that I am that's always had some level of fear around public speaking, which I know sounds ironic considering you're now listening to me on a podcast, but sitting behind a mic is a lot different than speaking in front of a room full of people. So anyway, I did it afraid, so they say. And let me tell you, it was such an amazing blessing to me. I can't even fully explain how much I felt the spirit moving in the room and how affirming it was. And my hope was, and, you know, my assumption was that this was God-ordained. You know, obviously there's a reason the other speaker couldn't speak and I was asked. And my thought was there was going to be at least someone in the room that God needed them to hear something. And hopefully my message would be a vessel through which they heard from him. And I had several women approach me after and kind of basically say that exact same thing, that they could hear their story in my story, and they were grateful for the message, and they felt the spirit moving, and, you know, it was as I wished it to be, in that I had hoped that it wouldn't be me speaking, but it would be God speaking through me to at least one woman in the room. And so I thought, you know, maybe that message needed to be shared outside of that room. So I thought, I think I'm going to try to do a podcast episode and share a similar message. Now, it's not going to be exactly the same. But anyway, today I'm going to be sharing with you as close to that message as I can. And I hope that you find some kernels in there that speak to your heart. Welcome to the Gracefield Leader Podcast. Do you want better work-life balance? Do you get stuck in patterns of perfectionism and people-pleasing? Have you always been an overachiever, but never really feel good enough, no matter how much outward success you achieve? Hi, I'm Tanya, a wife, mom, leader, Christian life coach, and Jesus lover. For most of my life, I tried to find worthiness through achievement, but no matter how hard I worked or how much I achieved, I never felt like I was enough. I was left burned out, empty, and exhausted. I had no time or energy for myself or my family. I needed balance. I needed peace. 
I finally started to live like an unconditionally loved daughter of the King, saved by grace. This faith-led podcast will teach you self-care routines and practical leadership strategies to help you navigate life and leadership. If you're ready to stop people-pleasing and start living and leading God's way, this podcast is for you. Unbutton your blazers and roll up your sleeves, sister friends. It's time to get after it. Picture, if you will, a little girl about nine years old. She comes from very humble roots, wearing handmade and hand-me-down goods. She's shy. She's quiet. She walks about life kind of nervous and anxious most of the time. She desperately wants to belong. She wants to fit in with the popular girls. And for a little while, they actually include her in the group. And she thinks life's going pretty well. Until the week came where it was her turn to be turned on, rejected, excluded, whispered about, culminating into one day when she was on the school bus getting ready to go home and she saw another girl who was a member of this popular group talking to the leader of the popular group outside the school bus. And then she got on the bus and she sat behind the little girl and started talking like everything was normal and being nice to her. And the little girl thought, gosh, maybe everything's going to be okay and maybe they're going to take me back. And when the girl got up to get off the bus, she patted the little girl on her head and said, have a good weekend. And this made her feel good, like, oh, she was somebody again. Until she reached up and she felt the big pile of sugar that was sitting on top of her head. And she again felt rejected and humiliated and insignificant. Well, that little girl is me. And that little girl has stayed with me the better part of my 49 years. Like I said, we grew up very poor. When I say we, it's because I'm a twin. I think I've shared that on the show. I've had anxiety since I could remember, at least since kindergarten, because I have vivid memories of having a nervous stomach, being afraid to be far from my sister. I'm sure it started before kindergarten, but I remember at least being that young. Our parents worked very hard. They raised us to be good girls, to get good grades, to do the right thing, to be obedient and respectful, to make a good impression on people, to work hard, and that working hard is worth the return on investment. Really, nothing is free and nothing worth having is worth having without working for it. We were taught to strive for excellence because we didn't have much. You know, our parents always reinforced that our key to having more was to do well in school, hopefully get scholarships and go to college someday. So we did that. We did very well in school. My mom was always great about bringing us to church, so we were actually raised in the church. So I heard the message of God's love and our salvation through Jesus Christ, and I think had a true head knowledge of that. Um, 
And I remember praying the prayer to be saved when I was eight years old and Wednesday after school, or not Wednesday after school, Wednesday church school, which I don't know if they still do that anywhere, but on Wednesdays we would get let out in the afternoon to attend church school um, at the local churches and we would get a lesson. And, and I remember being asked if I wanted to ask Jesus to be my personal savior. And I did that when I was about eight years old. So anyway, I would say I've been saved since I was eight years old and, and knew the message of salvation and that Jesus loved me and that God loved me, but still always kind of walked around with this feeling of never being quite good enough. I wasn't very athletic at all. I was always a little bit on the chubby side so I felt very self-conscious about my weight. I wasn't popular in the traditional sense, although as I went further on in school, you know, I always had a lot of friends where I got along with everyone. And I have lifelong friends from the peer group I eventually found after being kind of rejected from the popular group of girls in elementary school. I then started to play with a group of girls, many of whom became lifelong friends. So it was, it was a blessing in disguise. So outwardly, as life went on, I would say I looked successful by the world's standards. I was top of my class in high school, top of my class in college. I earned my master's degree in physical therapy. I've had a successful career, um, advancing from frontline staff member to a manager to now being in a director role. I have a very loving family. I'm married to the same man for the last 25 years, and he has a successful business. I have two amazing young adult kids who I just love with every single fiber of my being, and I could not be more proud of them. I've had the benefit of always understanding that the key to success in anything, especially in leadership, is to be in relationship with people. Um, I've always tried to be very gracious and relational, to build trust um, as a leader. That's been key. And I think that overall, I've probably been seen as a good leader in my career. But I don't think I was always functioning from a full cup. I don't think I had fully received the gift of grace and a true understanding and heart knowledge of it to be able to be grace giving with the right intention. I've always been service minded, serving others, but kind of for the wrong reasons to avoid conflict, to gain approval, to be valued and appreciated, to try to meet people's expectations always felt guilty setting personal boundaries. I've spent most of my life living like a Martha more so than a Mary. If you're familiar with the story of Martha and Mary, if you're not, I'm going to read uh, Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, 
Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So like Martha, I've been too preoccupied with the doing in life, rarely taking time to just sit at the feet of Jesus, to abide in his presence, filling my cup with his life-giving spirit, building an intimate relationship with him. I've been striving more than thriving most of my life. And while I've appeared, I'm sure, outwardly successful, Inwardly, I felt anxious, overwhelmed, insignificant. My identity has been based off of all of my life roles, whether that's daughter, wife, mother, leader, who I was to someone else. That's where my identity was most firmly attached. I've lacked confidence. I've been self-deprecating. I've lived life fearful much of the time, fearful of failure, rejection, conflict, being a disappointment to myself or to others. I've had lots of fear around my kids and whether something bad would happen to them or that they would experience rejection and pain. I felt heavily burdened by the emotional burdens of just about every person in my sphere of influence. If anyone around me was struggling, I felt a burden to fix it or carry the burden myself. If any of you have ever taken a personality quiz like the Myers-Briggs, I always come out like a glaring, flashing, red light feeler sort of person. I carry the feelings of just about everybody in the room. And I can feel the room. I can feel what people are thinking and feeling much of the time. And it's been really a gift many times in my ability to be intuitive to the needs of others, to be able to show compassion and empathy. But it can be debilitating when you're unable to surrender that burden and you're unable to lay the burdens of everyone else at the feet of Jesus. And you try to walk around carrying all your own plus everyone else's. I've struggled with imposter syndrome, thinking like, okay, yeah, everybody thinks I'm doing okay and I'm doing a good job and I know what I'm doing, but eventually my defects are going to become clear to the world around me and everything is going to come crashing down. I've been living like the little girl on the school bus who was rejected and humiliated and insignificant. The result of walking through life without a true knowledge of who I am in Christ is that my sense of value and worth came completely from external sources, trying to prove myself worthy. I struggle with anxiety, panic disorder, body shame, disordered eating, unhealthy relationships, over-functioning at work, over-committing to others and leaving little time for myself or my family. 
and becoming completely stressed out and overwhelmed. There are three key events in my life that I see as changing the trajectory I was on because they literally stopped me in my tracks and for a while they consumed me. The first was 10 years ago when I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Next, it was when my children graduated high school and were leaving the nest. So much of my identity has been wrapped up in being their mom. Who was I aside from being a mother? And finally, and you've heard me talk about it on the show, COVID and leading through COVID was a significant event that changed the trajectory I was on. Because what I discovered in each of those situations is I was not in control and I couldn't control what was happening around me or to me. I discovered I was wasting time and energy looking for value in all the wrong places most of my life. I based my identity on all of my life roles and the external validation I had gotten from them. I had not truly claimed or understood my identity in Christ. I wasn't depending on God or trusting His provision in my life. Therefore, I felt empty and I had no sense of peace or fulfillment. I had never developed a heart knowledge of who I am and whose I am. I wasn't walking through life feeling what it means to be a daughter of the King. Essentially, I was trying to pour from an empty cup. And I had to surrender. I was at my wit's end and I needed to give I needed God to give me strength to get through it. Leading through COVID and since COVID has been so difficult, the world and the work culture has changed so much in the last three years. It's difficult and seems almost impossible sometimes to meet expectations. People are burned out and they're no longer inspired by the idea of serving others. My external sources of validation, drawing validation from how well I was leading, that had faded. I became desperate to find freedom from approval seeking because I sure wasn't feeling like I was finding it. I felt a conviction to seek God and His will for my life. I needed to depend on Him and find my value in Him because I could not find it in the world. I needed my cup to be filled with grace before I could possibly be grace-giving to those around me. So I started to focus on being a Mary rather than a Martha a little more of the time. I started spending intentional quiet time in the Word and in prayer, listening for the Lord's voice. And as I sought Him, and as I sat quiet and listened for Him, I started to feel a growing presence from the Holy Spirit, finding that intimacy and relationship with Jesus and gaining an understanding of God's character. It made me hungrier and thirstier for more. I started to see how his word came alive. I've heard all my life that the Bible is the living word. But this is the first time it really hit me and I saw his word coming alive and talking to me and instructing me 
and helping to hear and see what I needed to hear and see. With this came a physical, emotional, spiritual unburdening. The more I gain a knowledge of the presence of the Holy Spirit working in me and through me, the more I feel less fear, more confidence, more joy. I've started setting boundaries without feeling guilty. And I started to feel this new calling. This calling to serve other women like me who were outwardly successful but struggling to know their worth on the inside. To help women focus on being pleasing to God rather than pleasing to people. To help women start living and leading from a place of abundance with God at the center. That's when I started this podcast, which was a crazy idea that wasn't mine. God had me by chance. I was researching imposter syndrome and I happened to hear a podcast and the guest host on the podcast was someone who had a podcast about learning how to podcast. (laughs) And I kept getting drawn to her and to her message. And I kept just feeling this tug of, hmm, Tanya, you're supposed to be serving in a new way. You're supposed to be serving God and honoring God in a new and different way. And you have a story to share. And I just kept getting drawn to that and thinking, okay, God, so you're telling me I should do a podcast. This, the introverted girl who, when speaking in public, often would feel her butt cheeks shake. (laughs) Yep, that's me. Funny thing, during my speech today, before I spoke, I was sitting at the table with some ladies and I was talking about how I'm an introvert. And the woman across from me said, you're an introvert and you're our speaker? I said, yeah, ironic, isn't it? God has jokes. So yeah, see, God can take my messiness and somehow turn it into a beautiful message. (laughs) But anyway, I kept feeling this pull to spread the word in a different way. And to start this podcast. So I started the podcast. And I also um, was pursuing Christian life coaching. And in learning Christian life coaching, you essentially are coached yourself. And let me tell you, this has been transformational. Completely transformational. It allowed me to literally make the 12-inch journey that has otherwise taken me taken me the better part of 49 years to travel the 12 inches from my head to my heart to truly understand and feel the love I have as a child of God. To truly understand that I am redeemed through Jesus' death on the cross. I finally connected back with that little girl on the school bus, the little girl who was rejected humiliated, and insignificant. And now rather than consuming me, she walks alongside me. She's always there, but I'm not stuck on the school bus. I don't just know that I'm a child of God and that I'm loved. I feel it. And it has made all the difference in how I experience my everyday life. 
I finally found my voice. I bring a different energy into the room and into every interaction I have. I feel physically lighter when I walk through the door. And my circumstances haven't changed a whole lot. You know, my workplace is largely the same. My life is pretty much the same. But I'm changed. And I'm able to just walk through life with a different posture and a different feeling and a new found feeling of hope. So if you ever feel insignificant, unworthy, not deserving of God's love, I hope you're hearing this because this part of the message is the one of victory. And if you're a mother, I want you to just stop and if you're not driving, close your eyes and imagine something for me. Imagine yourself standing at the door, watching your child sleep. What do you feel for that child? What would you give for that child? Do you see them as insignificant? Do you see them as unworthy of your love? What do you desire most for them? Well, if you're anything like me, when you look at your child, you feel a love that runs so deep, there are no words that can explain it. You would give your life for your child. They are anything but insignificant. And you desire for them relationship. Most importantly, a deep and intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. You want joy for them. You want them to know they are loved. And if you're like me, you want them to live unafraid. Now, imagine you are the child, and it is God standing at the door looking at you. You've just pictured and felt what you feel as a mother toward your child, and we know that God and the love he has for us surpasses human understanding, meaning it's so much greater than any kind of humanly love we can feel, we cannot even begin to comprehend it. So again, you know how deeply you love your children. And now God is standing at the door looking at you, his child. His love surpasses our understanding. He sent his son to become our sin, to die on a cross so that we might be redeemed and brought back into communion or relationship with him as sons and daughters. Do you think he sees you as insignificant? Do you think he sees you as unworthy of his love? No. When he looks at you, he sees Jesus. When you accept when you receive that gift of grace and love fully within your heart, you will walk differently in the world. You will pour from a full cup. You can truly be grace-giving because you are filled and overflowing with grace yourself. You will want to serve to honor God, not to gain the approval from man. The Bible is filled with scripture that speaks of our Father's love. 
The Bible is filled with scripture that tells us who we are and whose we are. I want you to join me back here on Friday to hear a love letter from your good, good father. A compilation of beautiful scriptural references that come together in such a beautiful form of a letter to his child. Father God, thank you for this time today. Thank you for every woman or man that is listening. Lord, I pray that they heard just exactly what you needed them to hear today, Lord. I pray that you gave them the ears to listen and the heart to receive this message in the exact way that you intended it for them. Thank you for this opportunity to serve. Thank you for this opportunity to speak into the lives of women. I pray that you continue to fill the hearts, fill the hearts of these people with your spirit, Lord. Help them to understand the love and the peace that surpasses all human understanding. In Jesus' precious name, amen. I pray this episode blessed you, spoke to you, or encouraged you in some way. If so, please share it with a friend and head on over to Apple Podcasts to leave me a review. That's the only way for me to know if you're enjoying the show. Nothing blesses me more than to hear from you. Also, come on over to our free Facebook community. This is a great place for us to support one another on our faith and leadership journeys. You can find the link to the group in the show notes or go to gracefieldleader.com forward slash community. If you have questions or content ideas for the show, please send me a message on SpeakPipe or via email. Go to gracefilledleader.com forward slash contact and leave a written or voice recorded message. I would love to know how I can best serve you on the podcast. Now to him who can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Ephesians 3 verse 20. Until next time, my friends, God bless.